0: Would you pray with me? Gracious and merciful Lord, we do give you thanks for the opportunity to come together again in your name. And as we do that, we remember that there are many that are not here and don't have the privilege to be here amongst us. We especially uh, pray that you would continue to show up for each each of us as, as you have done, um, obviously, to this point to bring us here. We pray for um, those who are out of work right now, Lord God, don't have a job, have been fired or let go. Uh, some of them are, even in our own families, in our own homes, struggling to make ends meet. Some are... Uh, do have jobs and and they're angry about the job they have because they've not been promoted or perhaps they're not in uh, positions where they they feel their best their best abilities are are, are being um, utilized. We pray for um, all our staff and the people that make it possible for the, us to work in this beautiful space of Duke University. We remember the housekeepers and the, uh, the cashiers and the, the folks who, who labor in the grounds and uh, bus drivers. And, uh, we just remember um, the, the folks in the hospital. And, Again nurses and doctors physicians God everyone that works on this campus god we give you thanks for and we just pray that none of them will be uh, mad at you for uh you know maybe not getting what they want out of the jobs that they have or dissatisfied for the work that they're in or maybe they feel like they're doing work that's that's meaningless lord uh, we just we just pause now to, to 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 remember these these folks that we pass by every day and some that are have 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 hit major crises in life lord and um, they're angry at you God and We just we come to you on their behalf tonight. Before we even begin to consider the the unique purpose and the plan that you have for us, which we anticipate is glorious. And so, God, we just honor you tonight and give you thanks. And and we just lift up the name of Jesus and God and and trust that uh, you know we will we will follow follow Christ every every step of the way. God, we give you thanks in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. I'd like to open with a passage from the Gospel of Luke to get us uh, started on this conversation tonight discussion. Um, I'm not sure if the format is typically one where you, there's Q and A, um, but you know, uh, pending time, uh, maybe that it will be more like a discussion. I don't, you know, I am an ordained minister in the American Baptist Church, and um, but I I, I prefer to I prefer more settings where it's not so much preaching at folks, but. But being in a conversation and a dialogue, I hope it feels like that tonight, even though it might be somewhat limited since one of me and about 100 of y'all and I'm not sure we'd uh, be able to facilitate a, you know, a kind of uh, discussion that might not feel uh, so much like a sermon. But um, I do want to again pause to say thank you for inviting me. It's a privilege. I've been here at Duke for 20 plus years now. I graduated from Duke in 1990. and. Um, next in, in the spring, I'm, going, I'm looking forward to all my classmates coming back, many of them, maybe not all of them, and, um, and I'm just amazed at how uh, quickly time, time passes, and, and it is special to me to, to feel uh, young again, um, <laughs> to be in the room with so much youth and, and uh, vitality, energy that you all have already uh, shared, and so I, I'm grateful that and thankful for that. Um, so let's hear this story um, again as we begin this uh, reflection and time of considering uh, God's call in our life. This is from Luke chapter two, and I'm picking up at verse 41. It's called. It, it's. I'm reading from the New International Version, um, and it. And it's. Uh, the header is the boy Jesus at the temple. Every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom. After the feast was over while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers or his responses. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you done this, treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Jesus replied, Why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying. <coughs> then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in our heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. I offer up this passage to you because I think it's beautiful. We often reflect on Jesus' public ministry um, after his baptism in the Lord. Um, the, the, the Spirit of God descends on Christ like a dove and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased and then he he launches out into the wilderness and he, he overcomes that initial temptation uh, and then he begins his public ministry and we are often captivated by the life of Christ and how he touched and, 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 and healed and, and spoken to people's lives it is, it is an amazing thing and for us to be here 2000 some odd years later Um, Living in the beauty and the glory of what all all Christ did while he was on the earth and and certainly his great sacrifice for us is just a beautiful thing. But I'm a little bit more captivated by this young boy Jesus. Um, Because I think it has something to, to say to us as it relates to discovering our calling in life. And this passage here I think presents us with a way of entering into this conversation. Um let me pause for a time check. Uh, I've, somebody be honest and tell me um, how long? You're like, not very long Yeah, that's what <laughs> I thought. That's what I thought. Not very long, may mean like maybe 10 minutes. if that uh, <laughs> 20, 15, Okay 20, 15. 15. Okay, I'll do my best. Yeah, I, I realize that I think the, the original uh, time frame we had was, got a little bit ahead of us. So I want to be mindful of that. Um, so, so discovering our calling is clearly a process. It's a process. It's not something. It, for the majority of us, you don't know when you're 12 years old what you're going to become or your purpose or mission in life. Now there are a few people that that happens to and it's a beautiful thing. I have a cousin who's a U.S. Marshal today and from the time he was able to talk, he was giving out parking tickets <laughs> or traffic tickets, I should say, literally, true story. I would tell more of it if time would allow, but he is a Marshal today and it's, a, it's beautiful to see him. He always knew he wanted to be in law enforcement. He had badges when he was little, he had it all and he knew from, a, from the early age. So it was no question, it was no wonder no surprise to us when he um, um, became a U.S. marshal, but for m- for many of us, it's it's not that easy. In fact, it's it's it can be quite quite difficult to kind of get a sense of God. Where are you taking me? Where are you leading me? I want to know. I want to know. When well, I have a process that I've come to. Um, uh, offer you as, as a way of illustrating one possible way to live into your calling in a way that may be not as frustrating or messy or just hard. <laughs> um, because when you say, Christ, I want to become what you want me to become, that is a huge statement that may derail all your plans and if you don't have a way of conceptualizing your life in such a way that you can begin to really surrender those plans then it will be like most people or many people like Bruce who have a set expectation for their life have a desire to achieve a certain level of success and when it doesn't happen you're mad at God Because you have so fixated yourself on your plan. The story of Jesus' journey uh, back to the temple, as was their custom, offers for us a couple of things. As starting places for discovering your own calling to the point where you can say, Didn't you know I had to be about the Father's business? It first begins when you read that story closely, you'll notice that his parents are presuming that Jesus is still with them because he's in good company. He's in the community in which he has been raised. Mm -hmm. And so they're not really worried for a certain period of time about his course or path that he's on. They're presuming, okay, he's doing what little boys at 12 years old do. He's with the family. He hasn't drifted off. Everything's fine. And that suggests something to me. About how we begin to think about our own lives. First when we try to discover our calling. Look at your family. The people that are around you. That may, that affirm who you are. And who you are safe with. Now unfortunately. And we see this later in the passage. Sometimes it's not the, the parents. That may affirm you. And we heard earlier today. When a parent begins to have plans for you. That maybe causes great but that does not discount the reality that the ideal starting place to discover your calling is to look to the community in which God has placed you in that you had no choice over and begin to look for the beauty in that community and seek out those who can offer you wisdom and insight and can listen to your questions And can provide you some responses. Remember, that's what Jesus did. When he got back to the temple, he was still amongst his people. Those who go there for worship. But he was amongst leaders and people who were wise. And what did he do mainly? Listening and asking questions. Which leads us to this first aspect of this graphic. You start with community. Evaluating, reflecting, thinking about the people who have been incredibly formative in your upbringing, in in the various ways—not just parental, but family, friends—all those people that God has placed in your life—and begin to look at them and wonder, and imagine, and reflect, and ask, "What do I admire about some of these people in these early stages of my life?" That's the best, better place to start than the traditional way that people try to find out. What they want to do with their life. Which is usually self-reflective. I'm going to self-assess. My suggestion to you. Self-assessment. There is a place for that. But it's not the best place to start. Discernment. A very important word for us as Christians. It appears in scripture. Particularly around discerning of spirits. When you begin to understand the different voices and to be able to distinguish between God's voice, your voice, and the voice of a stranger. Scripture also speaks to that, and if time would allow, I would say more about that. But one of the things you want to have good clarity on is your character and to be discerned, to discern your hearts and the intentions of your heart. it relates to what you are becoming remember God looks at the heart first man looks at the outer appearance that's why this graphic I put the heart as central the sermon is a word again if time would allow we talk more about but I will say this it requires all of your being not just listening it's your eyes it's your head it's your heart it's your personhood as you walk throughout the community, you become increasingly more aware and sensitive to the spirits in operation around you. Really, it's not unlike the way we enter worship, but trying to stay in that place of worship and in a disposition to discerning of what's going on around you, paying attention to what's happening, the needs in your community, What things are calling to your heart? Discernment is learning how to ask the right kinds of questions. Because when you begin to probe for the right kinds of questions in life, it will lead you to some very good places. And there's so many needs out there that learning to discern God, what is it someone said earlier, God has put a burden on my heart for something. Help me understand why is that burden there for me and maybe not for someone else? Is there some unique giftings that I have Character and unique qualities that I can bring to that situation or to that decision. Discernment, character. This is a process. It takes time. You have to be intentional. Much of what Pathways and our ministry is about, and it is amazing to me that God has allowed us to have a ministry that focuses entirely on helping walking with you all as students and listening to your hearts as it relates to where you think God is leading you. To, to have the opportunity to spend the majority of our time listening to your hearts. How are you experiencing God speak to you? How is your character being enriched and growing in faith? And that's what we do. We have a house in, on about a mile away. A few, Ben and uh, uh, Tim live there, Greg and they spent the entire summer asking these kinds of questions investigating their heart exploring opportunities we also have a year long program and we have five recent duke alumni doing the same thing over an entire year and when i ask people when i tell people what i do folks my age and older they always say my god i wish i had i would have could have done that when i got was in college because they realize they rushed out into life they rushed out into a career before really addressing the character and heart questions they just knew they were gonna be a doctor they knew they were gonna be a lawyer they knew they were gonna be a business person and they headlong into it and they got on that that focus pad that what I call the career ladder only to get to the top and realize the building's gone or it's on the wrong one and what do I do now I spent so many years of my life and I really don't know what to do next. But career is important. We all have ambition. And we all desire to achieve. And to, it's not a bad thing, make plenty of money. I ain't mad at you. I'd love to make plenty of it and more of it if, if it comes my way. I'm not, I don't, you know, I don't, um... Uh, that God is upset when when we do accumulate money. But, the thing is, if our character has not been well framed and established, money is going to eat us alive. It's going to eat us alive. But you will experience a lot of opportunities to grow and develop in your career. For me, since I graduated in Duke in 1990, actually, if I go back to the very first job I had as a young boy, paper boy, I've had 17 jobs since... I had my first paying job and since I've been at Duke I've been through five different jobs and it was in the job before I went back to seminary where God began to bring me more clarity around what my calling was in life. Career and calling are not the same things. Your calling consumes your career the entirety of your life as scripture relates it to us. But in terms of appreciating kind of the progression of our lives and how we come to know our calling, the best best way to to come to know it is first through, as I've said, the character, reflecting on those questions in community, getting experience, different internships, opportunities, like you all have so many wonderful opportunities here at Duke. And then in the process of time, a calling begins to emerge. A sense of knowing that this is my father's business not that I'm doing and not mine because if, if it was mine I probably would be doing something else and when you get to that place that is a place of knowing when you can sit down and say I know this is God because if it wasn't I would not be doing it <laughs> that's one way to assess it another way is to say man this this is God because what I'm doing is bringing out the best in who I am. I am able, I can come and do this work and not have any sleep at all. Not get paid to do it. Because it's who I am. I wake up every day and this is it's me. And when people see you as you, it's a beautiful thing. Because I love to put it in the way our dean of the chapel says it. God made one like you because he wanted one just like you. When you live in that place, then it's no longer comparison of my salary and no longer comparison of am I partner or am I at a, at a certain level career-wise. You, you lose all of that. It's, that. it's that dying process that's a beautiful place to live in. And you're hearing it from someone who really li- was at that place where I thought when I... I was told my Duke degree was worth sixty thousand dollars at that time. Chump change now, I guess. Y'all are probably told twice that. And I, I, I pursued my my um my ambitions as an undergraduate were were very tunnel vision, one focused. You know, um, I was a varsity athlete. I played football, and I, you know, I I discovered at an early age, before I was twelve, that there was gifts for me athletically. I came here, and I. You know, I asked the Lord to bless me with all these things athletically and 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 he did. You know, we we won an ACC championship, which I have to remind people every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> the football team actually we 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 won an ACC championship and it's It's not ancient history yet. But you know, I experienced that and I experienced God show up and answer my prayers for things that I wanted for me. I wanted God give me a great job. I, you know, I've gone to Duke. I ought to be, I'm not gonna sweep floors or I'm not gonna, you know, there's just certain things I'm not gonna do. And it took a process of years for me to come to discover that it's not about my plan. If I'm gonna surrender to the Lord's will for my life, I have to come to recognize. That all of my experiences and all of my accomplishments, as Paul said, they are dung. <laughs> in the little translation of that, when he said, you know, I, I press towards the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus is what he said. I forget that which is behind and all that I could boast about. And now I live at this place where it is truly about God's call on my life it's a searching it's a seeking process it's not easy it can be very messy I've seen students cry about this in much pain because they spent years at Duke thinking there was one track they were going on only to discover that it wasn't it and they had to get off that train but that's the wonderful thing about doing it this time of your life and not like Bruce when you're well into your 30s and 40s and maybe you have a family and children And now you're at a place of despair because you haven't taken the time to ask the right questions, to consider your gifts and abilities in the career track that you imagine for yourself, and to really desperately ask God to give you the desires of His heart and not simply yours. Amen.